0: Welcome back to Coffee with the Doc, where my goal is to help you achieve optimal health as we talk through and work through my vibrant lifestyle program, which includes proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper rest, proper mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being, proper structure, and purging, eliminating toxins. Well, last month, uh, we dug into exercise, looked at what exercise was all about. I looked at some different aspects of that this month, we're digging into nutrition. And today, I've got a special guest on the program, Dr. Howard Van Nostrom. He's a good friend of mine. He's a fellow chiropractor, but he also has a four year degree in nutrition as well as being certified in physical therapy. So, Dr. Nostrom, or better known as Dr. Howard, uh, we're going to ask him a few questions uh, about the keto diet. He's very familiar with this, has been utilized on him for a clinical uh, treatment uh, years ago. But also, he is, has he is gone back on this recently. I want to kind of dig into that because it seems to be kind of popular right now. So ask him about some of the positives to that, maybe some of the negatives, how you should maybe utilize this keto regime for some of your own health goals. Well, welcome to the program, Dr. Howard. I'm so glad you could be here today. I'm excited to be able to talk to you about the keto diet. Let's dig right in. So tell me about this uh, keto diet and where where did it come from, Howard? Give me a a little insight on the background to this keto craze today and how it got started.
1: Well, Glenn, as you see, if you're in the shopping center or you're going to check out at the grocery store, Every magazine to your right and left is talking about keto. It is a keto craze. Where it came from, it came from the original diet that came from Robert Atkins in the 1960s. Of course, now we've modified everything, and now it's a keto craze. They don't want to give Dr. Atkins the credit (laughs) for what he did. But there were some differences between now and then.
0: So most people go on these things for weight loss, uh, but is that really how it all got started. I, I can't imagine that it was just a weight loss diet.
1: Well, actually, no. Uh, Dr. Atkins was a cardiologist in 1960s, and he did some research, and he was trying to help reduce epileptic seizures in children and adults where the medications were not helping with controlling the seizures. So he came up with in the research on a low-carb, high-fat, high-protein diet, which, in that case, helped control seizures. But there was a side effect. Yeah, it was a side effect, Glenn. What's
0: that? The people lost weight. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. So you were on this thing uh, quite some time ago, though, right? That's how you got interested in this... uh, This keto diet was uh, many years back, correct? Uh, Not so many years back. I was in chiropractic school. I have a four-year
1: education in nutrition. At the turn of the century, I had been having epileptic seizures for 11 years, and it was uncontrolled. And I was at John Hopkins University, and I was actually a test subject at John Hopkins for many many years
0: I always knew you were a test subject you, <laughs> were, you were one of those crash dummies weren't you yeah that I was, was it I know
1: I no know. I was not one of the monkeys I was not a monkey <laughs> but um they had put me on this Atkins diet and would control and do a lot of testing with me interesting testing they would test my IQ they would test my physical ability they'd take my body mass index and it was amazing just the results from doing this a high protein a high fat low carb diet
0: okay so but but i see a lot of people that kind of uh, some people really are into it because they can lose a lot of weight on this atkins diet now i personally i i did it one time years ago but you know i kind of promote a more rounded diet uh fruits vegetables lean meat you know so tell me tell me a little more about the the science behind this this keto diet and and you you are on it right now right Yes I am So you must be you must believe in it for, for a purpose so kind of give me a little bit of that background the science behind it cuz uh, I want my folks to know you know what's what's the difference you know tell me what why you would do this and the purpose of it and and would you ever go off of it and what happens when you go off of it and all all of that
1: uh, Dr. Robert Atkins found that eating a low-carb diet controlled the epilepsy and stopped the epilepsy outright in many of his patients. And by, the byproduct was they were losing weight. So what happened after this is his Atkins diet is based around a low-carb consumption, daily consumption, of 20 grams of carbohydrates a day. But That's not, that's
0: not much. That's
1: not much. That's a cracker. That's a saltine, but a high-protein, moderate influx of dietary fats. That's the switch between the keto and now what's modified that the Atkins diet. It changes
0: your metabolism, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So what's it, it do to your metabolism?
1: It speeds it up. Eating fats. Well, let's go with the Atkins diet. Eating fats and eating more proteins and eating less carbs speeds up your body's metabolism because carbohydrates are what the body uses. They're called sugars. They're simple sugars. It's like you put sugar in your mouth, it dissolves. You put a cracker in your mouth, you put it on your tongue, it will dissolve. The carbohydrate will break down into a simple sugar. You put a piece of beef in your mouth, it's going to be stuck between your teeth. You put a piece of fat in your mouth, it's not going anywhere. So what happens is The lower the carbs, the body has to now take the food that you chewed up, that's sitting in your stomach, and it's going through your gastrointestinal tract, it has to now break this down. It takes energy to break it down. And that's the greatest part. You're burning energy by putting better things into your body, which is now taking your body out of the sugar burning and turning it into burning fat, which is your already stored fat. Does
0: that help? <laughs> yeah, I got you. So so what would be the thought pattern on and and tell me the difference maybe first on the on the keto? Is the keto the same thing as the Atkins or is, or is it uh, a little bit different? And and would you then say, okay, I'm going to stay on this for a long time? Or what happens when you come off of uh, this particular diet?
1: Well, you asked many questions there, Glenn. So what I'll tell you is the difference between the Atkins and the keto. As I said earlier... Robert Atkins wanted a low-carb, high-protein, high-fat, and that was seeing results. Now, the modification is called a keto diet, where your body is going to use its ketones. The ketones are your stored fat cells as energy. What we've done is the body burns basic glucose. In the keto diet, we want 5 to 10% of all your energy that's being produced be produced by the use of carbohydrates so there's no number there's no 20 grams there's no 25 grams it's five percent then 20 to 30 percent of the energy that you want your body to produce is from protein the problem is when if you eat too much protein your body turns those into energy the keto diet 60 to 80 percent of everything you eat needs to be a fat so fat is so hard to break down in your body, and your body will resist it. It will not like it, and it'll start burning all your stored adipose cells. It'll start burn, burning all the stuff you've already had around your waist, around your chin, under your arms, and your buttocks.
0: Hey, well, quit talking to me about it like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's the difference between the Atkins and the keto. The keto is high fat, where the Atkins was high protein. Oh,
0: well, that's a good distinction to make. So, do you stay on this forever, or what? What? What would you do? Tell me what you're trying to accomplish being on the keto, you know. And then, do you transition off of that? And and what should you do if you do, or maybe you don't? I don't know. So, give me the insight on that.
1: All right, it's the best way to lose weight fast, and that's all this is. I put my cancer patients on it. I've put my overweight patients on it i have family members on it right now i'm doing it myself right now because i always do this now it's also a way of helping diabetes yeah they're doing tons of research in europe right now on curing diabetes by these methods but you can't be on it forever so what happens is sugar is the most inflammatory substance the human body takes in
0: sugar sugar that's right
1: now, the average American only takes in 177 pounds of sugar a year.
0: Yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy amount.
1: But guess what? That's, we're not even a leading country. Brazil takes in even more than that. But we lead the world in diabetes and diabetic symptomatology. Yeah. Now, what happens is when we're doing this, our body doesn't know what to do with all this sugar being inflamed this is where oh I can't exercise because my knee hurts oh I can't move because my back hurts when you stop ingesting sugars and you'll notice after about the fourth or fifth day on this keto diet or Atkins diet or any fast your joints are going to stop hurting it's not putting chiropractors out of business but your joints and your extremities are going to stop hurting And this is going to lead you to do some really amazing things. Those things are called activities. Exercise
0: activities. There you go. The big, the big E. We call it (laughs) that. No one likes to talk about exercise.
1: You know, I worked in Europe, and like you've already discussed, I've spent many years working in European countries. Europeans, pick your country. We're all European in nature. We all come from Europe somehow. They smoke like chimneys. They drink like fish. But yet, they don't have nearly the disease rate that we do. They do not nearly have the diabetes rate that we do. They do not have the cancer rate we do. The key is exercise and activity. So when you stop ingesting sugar, you're going to be more mobile. And when you do this, the key to it is, hey, I'm going to start to do an activity that I've always liked to do, but I became too heavy or my joints started to hurt and I had to stop. So this is... Your forefront to increasing your daily activity,
0: and then when when you uh, you say you can't do it forever, so how do you transition out of this so you don't uh, kind of undo all that you've gained and, and get your body on a, a, a better metabolic track? You know, so what? How do you? Uh, you obviously have to transition out of it somehow. So how do how do you go about doing that? So you pick when you started this diet, and
1: I hate to say the word diet. We'll call it lifestyle yeah. modification. When you started this lifestyle modification, you had a number. I would love to be this number. So as you're
0: on your ketone diet, as you're on your, is there a length of time that you could be on it or should be, and and how long is that? You know, so I mean, or is that different for everybody? Everybody's dreams, everybody
1: desires. I've been on it for 17 days. I've been on them for two to three months under medical supervision under. John Hopkins University. Crazy things happen to your body, all of which are good. But what happens is now you, d- you got close to your desired weight. You've increased your basal metabolic rate. That's the energy needed to <clears throat> run your daily systems. How much energy your body needs to stay awake. All those things. How much energy it needs to be alive. What happens now is I want to start eating some carbohydrates. So now you start intaking some carbohydrates, going back to your normal eating process, being knowledgeable, saying, hey, I never want to go back to where I came from, so now I'm going to watch what I'm doing. In the meantime, you've started an activity, your joints and your back and everything is hurting less, and you've become more mobile. So the extra carbohydrates you're putting in will equalize with the activity level increasing. So you'll remain at that weight unless you fall back and you start eating your cookies, and you start eating your sugars again, and you stop, which is going to cause inflammatory again.
0: And you say carbohydrates because that's just what I was thinking at the same time. A lot of people don't understand necessarily what are the what are the good carbohydrates to eat, you know, versus the sweets. In other words, you say carbohydrates. So we are talking oh, oh. fruits and vegetables, yes, and yes. you know, which is what I do on the Whole Thirty. It's, it's primarily whole fruits. Fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, lean meats, and I stay away from all dairy. I stay away from all the uh, the wheat and the gluten, and I stay away from all the sugars.
1: I see. I thought you were putting me on the spot there, Glenn, because you were saying what are the good carbohydrates? I was thinking, is he talking Entmans versus Keebler's? <laughs> I'm thinking. Thank you for filling in the blanks. You know, a lot of us Italian older people from New York understand Keebler and Entmans. <laughs> you know, so. I have to, you know, you filled it in with you, fruits, vegetables, decreased uh, breads or better quality breads as opposed to white breads and wheats and something of that nature, yes.
0: Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, tell me what's happening with, with you. You've been on it now for uh, two, three weeks, right? So yes. tell me physiologically how you feel. Tell me kind of what your your goal is in... in how long do you think, oh, I'm going to be on this another week or two or, you know, tell me tell me about that. So you, when I was on the a Whole30 and Meg and I were doing that, we kind of gave our final uh, conclusions on how we did through the whole thing, how we felt, the phases of it. And I think that's, uh, there's probably phases to it as you start it, what, you know, changes that your body is going to go through. In other words, uh, for the first week or so, boy, I really you know, I I was dying for this, or I I really felt a change in this. And some of it's probably not necessarily real comfortable right away as you're starting a change in your lifestyle. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the application of it and and real life experiences as you went through all of this and and how it changed your body, changed your metabolism, and what that felt like. So when someone's doing this, they're going to wonder, gee, is this supposed to be feeling like this? Or You know, some of those changes that take place. Change is
1: good. We have four four seasons. We always have change. When you don't change, you become stagnant. Stagnant, nobody wants to live by next to a stagnant pond. So what's gone on with me? My body mass index, that's my fat count, my body, has come down. Uh, I have been playing golf. And I've always played golf. You've played golf
0: before. I noticed that's a new thing for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> last week, I played in my the, in the first time in Florida my PGA amateur tournament. When I can't say I did well, but I had the ability to do and swing a club. I didn't win, um, but I had fun doing it. What other changes will happen in this? Sugar is inflammatory. It's a binding agent. What will happen is you'll come off this normal eating process. You're going to say, well, what about all the fats and all the cholesterols in my body? I think I had told you earlier that I was under Hopkins, John Hopkins doing research for nine Mm. years. They were doing IQ tests on me. So when I would go on these things, my IQ
0: would get Bigger. Don't tell me it went up. No. No. Yes.
1: The reason being your did, brain did, cells did your
0: head get bigger too oh, to fit all
1: the <laughs> believe it or not, your brain your brain cells live on cholesterol. Cholesterol is one of the most important products in your hormones in your body. It's all formed from one thing called coenzyme A. So what's gone on is coenzyme A is so important. It makes all your hormones. My, Your brain, my brain, lives on cholesterol and it gets smarter. It re- renews itself. Men, women, are afraid of cholesterol. We heard about, oh, we cholesterol-lowering drugs, cholesterol this, cholesterol that. I'm going back because, Glenn, as you know, I've worked in four European countries. The countries would actually come and take me out of the United States and say, come to our country and fix our country. And I did in the chiropractic realm. So what I'm trying to say is, cholesterol is good. Now, if you get caught up in the medical wheel, the medical wheel being medication, you become afraid of cholesterol. My mother is a charge nurse at a hospital, and she, at one time, could not understand this. But yet, she's on this diet too, and she's doing losing weight and getting smarter. In the medical terms if we don't have enough cholesterol to build all your hormones in your body, what happens? Well, we don't have testosterone, estrogen, and these other things. So these pharmaceutical companies say, guess what, Glenn? I've got a little blue pill for this problem. Guess what, ladies? I've got a little pill for this problem. That's right. Testosterone, estrogen, they need cholesterol. But when we eat too much sugar, Sugar is a binding agent. I've said this many times now. Sugar will bind to cholesterol and it will not be able to get the cholesterol to go through the veins and the arteries and it will cause plaqueing. Where do I find this? You just go to WebMD and you look about sugar and binding agents and you're going to see it's number one. The reason we have plaqueing in our artery is because of the amount of sugar we consume. That binds with the cholesterol that causes the coronary effects. What do we do with that? Back in Europe, they smoke, they drink, like we talked about earlier, but they do not have the issues. And there's plenty of Europeans running around the place. They're not having the little blue pill problems, they're not having hormonal issues. You know, they have their other <laughs> problems over there in England and, and Scotland and, and Central Europe and Syria. But health wise, the United States, ranks 23 in world health and we're supposed to be a civilized nation it's crazy cuba cuba right over there that little island is higher in national health than the united states but yet we have everything
0: dr howard thanks so much for uh coming on coffee with the doc today talking about the keto diet i know a lot of people are on it a lot of people maybe see other people on it, and they've got a few questions about it. Hopefully, we answered some of those questions today. Gave you a little insight on the keto diet. Uh, Doctor Howard's been on it now for going on three weeks. Uh, he's been on it many times in the past. I think he gave us some great insight into what it's all about, the physiology to it, and and what happens inside your body, and how to utilize it. So it's a great tool uh, along the way to to lose some weight. Uh, relatively quickly i'm not big on diets i'm big on lifestyle changes which we've talked about many many times but we can use a tool every once in a while to help uh, shed some unwanted pounds get down to a target weight a little bit faster helps you uh be encouraged uh, a little bit faster but anyway um Uh, I want to thank you again for tuning in to Coffee with the Doc all this month. We're talking about nutrition, looking at it from a number of different angles. Uh, Next week, uh, we'll jump into proper rest. Uh, We'll look at some uh, sleep issues that folks have and, and how to deal with them as we look at the vibrant lifestyle proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper rest, proper mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, proper structure, and purging and eliminating toxins. Well, our goal here on Coffee with the Doc is to uh, help you to have optimal health uh, well into your 70s, 80s, 90s, or 100s so that you can serve God and glorify him in all that you do. Again, thank you for tuning in and tell others about Coffee with the Doc.